2: Super Bowl 57 is in the books. The Kansas City Chiefs are once again Super Bowl champions, and now all 32 teams are focused on the offseason. What is going to happen next? It is the Steelers' fix, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Andrew Wilbar, contributor for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, typically alongside the legendary Jeremy Betts, who is under the weather today. So you're going to have to deal with me for the next few minutes. Fortunately you will have somebody else you can listen to. It is not anyone here at BTSC. It is an NFL draft prospect we have for you today. The topic of today's show is very interesting. It's not one that we really ever take much time to discuss when we are talking about the NFL draft. You know, being a big draft guy, you know we like going by position, ranking, analyzing all the top prospects, not even just the top prospects. But we love dra- We love going through all the guys in Each, you know, each position and figuring out, you know, where could these guys go? What would be the ideal fit for them? Where are their strengths? Where are their weaknesses? Getting into the true nitty gritty of the draft. Today, we're going to go to to special teams. Now, as a Steelers fan, you know, we have debates about this throughout the offseason, throughout the regular season. You know, what is the problem with the Steelers punting? It doesn't matter who the Steelers bring in at punter. The Steelers always seem to have issues with consistency. So is this a Danny Smith issue? Is this a philosophy of Danny Smith issue? Is this a punter issue? You know, or is it, you know, a field issue? I mean, it does not seem to make sense a lot of the time. But today we're going to be discussing draft-eligible prospects who are worth being drafted at special teams positions. We're going to be going at long snapper, kicker, and punter. We're going to be spending the most time on punter because of this interview that we're about to get to in just one second. But before we get into any more of this, let me remind you all that this is brought to you by BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We have draft content we are continuously pumping out. Before Jeremy came down with some illness, uh, we were going to be breaking down a mock draft that he is coming out with. Uh, We're going to hold that off until next week. So you won't want to miss that at all. I have a mock draft that's going to be coming out fairly soon as well. Mock draft 2.0. So be on the lookout for that on the website, plenty of other draft content. We're going to be getting more uh, of the big board coming out fairly soon. And we're also going to be getting into some free agency stuff. Now that the season is done, it's time to really start diving in and determining, you know, what are the Steelers looking at in terms of their needs? And, you know, Jeff Hartman does a great job every off season, breaking down the Steelers needs, ranking those needs. Um, and then, you know, Jeremy, I, and others, we're, you know, we're gonna have you covered from, you know, an NFL draft prospect perspective of, you know, who could be there when the Steelers are on the clock, what would be an ideal fit. You know, we're we're gonna have everything covered for you behind the steel We're gonna have uh great input that we have every year and film studies from Jeffrey Benedict about the Steelers, and as well as some draft prospects as well. And after that draft class is done, you know that Jer- that uh Jeffrey Benedict and Katie Smith are gonna be on top of it. So you won't want to go anywhere. Be sure to check out Behind the Steel Curtain. Make that part of your daily routine. But it's time to get into this interview, and I'm really excited about this. Most of you, if not all of you, know that I'm a diehard University of Michigan fan. This isn't, you know, the prospect that, you know, everyone's probably thinking, you know, oh, man, you know, this is, you know, this this is the guy that, you know, the Steelers have got, they must have circled, you know, this is is a guy that makes total sense, because again, it is a punter. The Steelers just drafted a punter not that long ago, and Presley Harvin the third. How committed are the Steelers to Presley Harvin the third? I guess we're going to find out this off season. But I wouldn't rule punter out of the question for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think you really ever can when you have the consistency issues that the Steelers have had in recent memory. Well, today we're going to be talking to Michigan punter Brad Robbins, and this guy he's been around for a long time. Uh, he's uh, the bet he's been through the good and the bad at Michigan. And he talks about some of this in the interview, you know, Michigan really was at its lowest point in 2020, just nothing certain. A lot of guys transferring out, you know, is Jim Harbaugh going to be staying with the team long-term? What is his future like? Brad Robbins stayed through it all. And he saw the better end. He got, he ended up obviously being part of two victorious Michigan teams against Ohio state in both 2021 and 2022. And made it to two college football playoffs. And let's not undermine, you know, the the value that he had to that Michigan team. One of the most consistent punters in the nation. But without further ado, we're, we're just going to jump straight into the interview. You don't want to hear me. You want to hear him. I'm going to tell you what, this guy was a blast. We could have gone forever. Just talking football, talking about whatever. He is an incredible guy. And you're going to enjoy this interview. So let's get into that right now. Pittsburgh Steelers fans and Steelers Fix listeners everywhere. We all know the importance of special teamers in the NFL especially kickers and punters. However, we often forget that there are kicker and punter NFL draft prospects. We talk about so many other positions, and very rarely do we take the time to realize, hey, there's some kickers and punters that are worth being drafted. Well, we're going to be talking to one of those guys today. So without further ado, please welcome to the show, Hunter from the University of Michigan and one of the top hunter prospects in the 2023 draft class, Mr. Brad Robbins Brad thank you so much for coming on today let me start off by asking you you know when we talk to different draft prospects they like to give us insight on you know how they're training how they're preparing for the combine pro day whatever how does that change as a punter like what do you have to do to get ready to make sure that you're ready to go for your big offseason events.
0: Right, right. So, you know, I pride myself, especially like being at the University of Michigan. um, I think we did a really good job of priding ourselves on not just being a specialist. Uh, and being a part of the rest of the team and really being a part of the, like our culture change. Um, so as far as training goes and uh, I, we don't do anything typically out of the ordinary, like any other players do, we do a lot of like the same stuff as far as like the base lifting and all that kind of stuff. And then we, we actually add on to that instead of separating ourselves and lifting individually and not doing any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we, we do all the same stuff the other guys do. So for example, like um, once we, like we we were uh we started a conditioning test right um like probably my junior year um and it's essentially like 25 back 25 back 25 back one to two work rest ratio you have like X amount of time to get it done right and you got like six of those reps um and it's all about pacing yourself and um well I, I led our team in the conditioning wow. <laughs> like I, was, I was for for like a year year and a half I let our I was the guy who was like the top of the leaderboard and then um so like as far as training goes and stuff like that well then guys like Blake Coram started to figure out the tricks and how to do it and then get my butt kicked. but like I can put I can put that on my resume for a year I let our team in conditioning and I was like the top guy which was pretty funny
2: and I can't help but think that that's got to irritate some of the other team you know like we can't have this punter for us you know beating us in all these drills I mean that that is that's impressive
0: yeah, but you also, you earn so much respect for doing that. You know what I mean? Like guys are like, oh, okay, this guy's not just like some slap punter. Like this guy is training really hard and kicking dudes butts, you know, like this, it earns a lot of respect from those guys. So when you're in a team environment and you know, there's something that you see that you don't like, you're able to actually say like, Hey guys, come on. Like, you got to press on the gas hey you got to do this different like hey let's let's hurry up let's get these reps in so we can finish this period right like um you have the ability to actually communicate with your guys um just based on you know work ethic which is cool
2: And several you know the past couple drafts we've seen some punters and kickers and some special teamers that you know when they're testing the combine we see some pretty good athletic numbers and it just catches people's attention like wait are there players actually working out right now oh wow <laughs> so Hunter ran like a four, six in the 40. Whoa, this is impressive. So, yeah. you know, it, it's good. I, I'm looking forward. Now, you have to be very excited to watch your pro day combine um, workouts and seeing, you know, how that goes. I'm excited for that. But you, you mentioned something about changing the culture. You know, you beat beaten Ohio State two years in a row. Um, right. Huge for the program. You went out, won the Big Ten again. Um, obviously in the football playoff, things didn't go exactly how you or I, as a fan, wanted to see it go. Um, but you guys did achieve a lot of the goals that you had set out, uh, to achieve at the beginning of the year. How did it feel to accomplish so many goals that you all had set preseason? And what do you think the outlook is for Michigan moving forward?
0: Yeah. Um, I think the hardest part was 2021, um, right after the 2020 season, just being two and four. Um, so much uncertainty of just like, you know, a bunch of guys were just on the train for the success and didn't really want to be a part of a culture shift and didn't want to change anything. And a lot of those guys left, you know, mm-hmm. and those were guys maybe you thought were like leaders or were going to like emerge to be like Michigan greats and stuff like that ended up transferring. And, um, really us as like a core group, like the older guys on the team just kind of sat down and were like, look, we need to figure out what we can do to get this thing moving forward and moving in the right direction. Um, so guys like Josh Ross, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, Cade, E all, <clears throat> um, like myself, Moody, you know, just talking about like, Hey, this is like uh, this, we need to figure something out and figure it out quick. Um, and really that off season, beginning that off season kind of like sparked a new, um, energy, you know, for our program. And, um, you know, obviously, having a guy like JJ and guys like Blake Quorum come in in 2020, you know, that are just like already get it, uh, helped us out a lot. But uh, yeah, the hardest part was was starting that culture shift and really trusting in the process, like things were going to change um, if we put the work in to change it. So seeing it come into fruition in 2021 and beating Ohio State at home was like a step in the right direction. We were like, all right. Like it's possible we can do it. Like do we, we need to like once is like almost an accident, right? But twice you're starting to build a habit. So the year after that, we were like, all right, well, let's just repeat the same recipe. Like <laughs> like it worked <laughs> last year. Let's, let's see what we can do again this year. And, um, repeated the same recipe in the off season, uh, developed our core values as a team, uh, kind of, uh, kept our same like leadership group kept our same this kept our same that right just kept a lot of the stuff the same and um you know going into columbus and beating ohio state is you know something in its own right so um being able to see that come into fruition in columbus was like even bigger it's like oh wow like we're on the right path like this is this is what needs to happen um the big Ten championship you know it was awesome to get two rings before leaving there uh that's cool but um, as far as Michigan in the future, I just think like the future is so bright, um, as far as just like the guys that are, that are there and, uh, Blake Corum and Mikey and uh, those guys coming back and some of the, some of the O-line like Zach are coming back, you know, um, this is going to bode well for the guys. Cause those guys were, I think the last group, uh, to experience that, like two and four season, you know? So I don't know. I'm just, I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit jealous. I, I don't have uh, any more eligibility. I mean, me and Coach Harbaugh would talk about it all the time. He's like, hey, man, if you had unlimited el- eligibility, you'd be here for, like, 15 years. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah." And he, I wish I could, you know. Um, it's a fun time, Uh really good experience to just play in the big house and have that be your home. Uh, and then, you know, all the Big Ten stadiums. We have, like, the three or four largest stadiums, you know, in, like, the world, right? Yeah. They're in – the big Ten East. So it's like, yeah <laughs> So that's, that's a really cool experience playing in those whiteouts and playing in Columbus and doing all that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. I grew up about 45 minutes away from the big house. I've only gotten to go to one game, but I will say it was a game against Maryland. I believe it was the one 2019 when there was uh weather delay. So yeah. I was glad there was a weather delay because we would have been late to the game. We ended up getting there. Um, and then the first play of the game, I believe was a kickoff return touchdown for Maryland were like, oh, great, what is going on? And then they come back, and then the next drive, Zach Gentry's throwing a pass to DPJ um, on a trick play. I'm like, okay, this is going to be an interesting uh, game. But it, I had a blast. Just the overall atmosphere of the big house, you, you can't match it anywhere.
0: Yeah, um, no, there's an influx of, like, I think it's, like, a mil- over a million people coming to Ann Arbor that day. So man, it's, it's, crazy it's crazy how, like, it's it's a zoo. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. You know, let's get back to you as a prospect real quick. You know, we talked about, you know, what you're doing to try to prepare for the events. What are NFL coaches and executives, scouts, what did they look for from punters and kickers to, and what are they looking for when they're going through the evaluating process?
0: Yeah, um, as far as the talent goes, like, I believe it's been my calling card, you know, ever since I was a kid, and that's consistency and dependability. Um, In high school, I was a four-sport athlete. Uh, growing up, I played a lot of baseball and, um, I got in the habit of being our, our team's closer. Right. And that kind of play, like this has been ingrained in me since I was eight years old, being the closer, being the closer, being the closer, having the team depend on you, you know, you get one inning, you need three outs. Right. Um, and really having that mentality, like, okay, I'm going to close the door on the other team. They think this is a really good opportunity for them. Like, all right, we're closing the door. Right. Um, so having that mentality kind of bleed into my like punning and being consistent and dependable. It's like, I'm used to that. I love the single rep. I love like the ability to flip the field and change the game. Right. And you know, some people kind of overlook it, but like, I take huge pride in it. It's like a closing pitcher. You know, some people overlook a really good closing pitcher, but that, that can win games. <laughs> so, absolutely. Uh,
2: um, you know, I'm looking- oh, sorry. sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry.
2: I was just kind of following up on that because, you know, you've been one of the most consistent punters in the nation for now. You know, you've never mm-hmm. had a season where you averaged less than 40 yards per punt. You had averaged over 45 yards in both 2020 and 2021. I just want to ask, what does it take to remain consistent as a punter? We see so many punters in the NFL, you know, they're great one year. The next year, they're struggling with consistency. You know, the Steelers have had some... Okay. The Steelers have had some issues with punters and, you know, we're wondering, you know, is it the special teams coordinator? Is it the punter? You know, what is causing, you know, all these effects in the preseason They're you know, punting at all, you know, they're punting 50, 60 yard boots. And then the season comes and, you know, they're, they're averaging, you know, like 35, 36 yards on per punt. Like what changed, you know, what does it take to remain consistent in your overall game, whether it be distance, hang time, whatever.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I compare it to like golf. Like, um, also just, just thinking about like weather, like in Pittsburgh, even, um, well, I, I punted in the big 10, so mm-hmm. I've played in the worst of the worst and there hasn't anything, you know, there hasn't been anything that I haven't seen, um, which is something that's going to bode well for me and Bryce, the guy from Michigan state. Um, so just thinking about like yesterday I was putting in like a 20 mile an hour crosswind. Right. And like <laughs> the, There's, there's some guys I was like around that are just like, man, it's really windy. Like it's really windy out here today. And I was like, guys, this is like every game in the big 10. This is pretty, this is pretty, uh, this is like half the games I played this year were like this. So they're like, Oh really? I was like, yeah. And then I was like turning over ball after ball after ball. And they're like, Oh wow. Like that's, that's impressive. It's like, yeah, not many people think about that. Like the weather shifts. Like you gotta remember like preseason, it's like 80 degrees. It's like nice. It's Not a whole lot of wind. like the ball's gonna fly a lot better. but like once you get exposed by the weather, it exposes so much wrong with like technique and like what your flaws. Um, it just it exposes you and it humbles you, right. So I've definitely had my fair share of games where I've like punted into a wind, you know, and I've been like, I just can't figure it out you know and I've had to go back and like grill my technique and just be like, okay, what do I need to do next time I'm in this situation? you know It's all, all about how fast you can move on. Like I can't speak for other guys in the NFL and, you know, if they have their struggles and it, it's different for everybody, but um I know as soon as I start to first, first of all, like I, I pride myself on not mishitting like punts in a row. Like if I, if I miss it one, the next one's going to be a turnover. Right. Um So yeah, I can only speak for myself in kind of that regard, but it's just ma- mainly honing in on technique and, being fundamentally sound and mentally just being checked in. Right.
2: let's, well, as we start to close this out, I want to ask you about a couple of Michigan prospects, guys that you've rubbed shoulders with during your time at Michigan, <laughs> who are 2022 NFL, 2023 NFL draft prospects. One word to describe each of the following players. First one, Jake Moody.
0: <laughs> uh, let me, let me think of a good word. Because he's, like, my best friend. I live with him and stuff. So, it's like, oh. uh, I got to think of something good to describe him. Uh, Feel
2: free to tell any stories that you have, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'll think about it. I mean, he's like, he averages, like, one word an hour. Like, he does not, <laughs> like, he does not talk. Like, he's, like, and he's, he's. I mean, are you on TikTok at all? No, I'm not. Okay. You know, there's, like, this meme, and I think it's 21 Savage, just saying, like, He's quiet for real though. Like unless you know him, like he's funny as hell. You know, like that's kind of like meme that like 21 Savage is like narrating. And it's like it's like that is moody, like in a nutshell. Like he's super quiet, but like once you get to know him like he'll just hit you with like these one-liners that like <laughs> like you, that'll just like have you rolling. It's pretty good. So like I mean that my one word for him as a prospect, like as a player would be dependable, obviously. Just cuz he's so like cool, calm, collected. Um But, you know, as a friend, I would just say, like, he's one of the funniest dudes I know. Ronnie Bell. Smart Plug. DJ Turner. Mm. For DJ, I would say, because me and DJ got after it a little bit in the, uh, like we would we would play Super Mario Strikers in on the GameCube uh during camp, like every day <laughs> in the hotel once we got back from workouts and stuff. Um and he is like one of the most competitive dudes out there. Uh and he's really funny too. He's a lot like Moody. So it'd be like me, Mikey Sanders still, and then it'd be versus like Moody or no, it'd be me and Moody versus Mikey and DJ on, on the sticks all the time. Um but those dudes are just, like, competitive and funny. Like,
2: <laughs> we need to get someone to, like, stream this event, you know, on national television. It sounds like a must-see event.
0: Uh, it's pretty good. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing about Michigan, like, I mean, I can't speak for another program because I've been for Michigan – or been at Michigan for six years. But it's, like, there's no, like, bad guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've I've seen people and met people from different places that you are like, ah. I don't know, you know, and then like you go to Michigan, it's like everyone's just like a good dude, like genuine, super nice, funny, like loves playing football. Like all, the only thing we have in like common – or not the only thing, but like the thing we have in common that like got us there is like we all play football. Like that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Let's go to Mozzie Smith.
0: Mozzie? He <laughs> – hold on. Let me, let me find a uh... – a word for him because i have one one sec (laughs) we've got you know i mean
2: obviously things that come to mind with him for me at least are athletic freak you know those are kind of get you know those are the the things that everyone associates with them but you know i want to from an actual player perspective i'm curious to see what you're going to come up with here
0: yeah i'm just gonna say like okay I just looked up synonyms for scary. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to use the word scary, but synonyms, that guy is like, (laughs) but also like he writes, like he writes poetry. He's like, he has like a really good, like mix. Yeah. But on his, like, if you just first meet him, like this dude's a freak and just like looks huge. And he's like really intimidating, like kind of scary. Then like, I talked to his mom at one of our, like, our special teams periods were over. His mom was at practice, and I, I picked her brain for a bit. And um, he has a family full of, like, activists, basically. And um, people who write, people who are just, like, uh, it's awesome, you know. And I got to learn kind of about, like, the other side of Mozzie. And I was like, this guy, are you talking about the same guy? Like, are <laughs> you talking uh-huh. about the dude who just folds people in half on the field? Like, no, he's pretty good. Um, yeah, once you get to know him. He's like I'd, – I'd say balanced is, is probably the best word.
2: Let's go to a couple offensive linemen real quick.
0: Ryan Hayes. Yeah. Uh, he's another guy that's dependable. Dependable. Um, and that just is- based on the, the nature of the position, like all of our offensive linemen are freaking smart. Um, and, like, they all play like war zone together. They all like stick together. They all have like that constant communication all the time, um, and always hold each other accountable. Um, I would I would pick him as a as a quiet leader. I'd say leader.
2: And then Olu Oluwatimi,
0: <laughs> diamond in the rough man. The fact that he I told him this like I was one of the first guys he met, and um, I was like after I saw him the first game or like the first couple practices, it's like. I cannot believe we got you here. Like how did, like how did you get here? Like this guy um it's like a, a starting center all the way, you know, like super smart, bright, graduated from Virginia, um, easily moldable. He was voted as like an alternate captain his first year, like he fit in right away. Um it it's crazy to think like if he would have just started at Michigan, his career, um how different it would be you know i feel like you know he'd be maybe a top like first round guy mm-hmm. but he had one year at michigan um built on the foundation of like at virginia and it's like you know he's still gonna be up there in the draft yeah. <laughs> he's like he's he's reliable uh he's witty he's smart uh he's everything you want he's like like i said just like a die like so see, we just happened to find him you yeah. know in the transfer portal and got him which was Unbelievable. So I would say for sure like a diving in the rough kind of guy.
2: And then the last question, it's draft day. Whenever the Steelers are going through their punter evaluations, looking at this guy named Brad Robbins from Michigan, they're like, yeah, we did our homework on him. We really like him. You know, we want to bring in some competition. And Mike Tomlin, Kevin, or not go, excuse me, Omar Khan gives you a call and says, Hey, we're going to make you a Pittsburgh Steeler. What's going through your mind?
0: Yeah, I haven't even put myself in that situation yet. It's crazy. Um, Just thinking one thing at a time, you know, because the next thing's the combine, but I don't know. (laughs) The thing that's going through my mind first is how quickly I can get out there, (laughs) you know, and just like be a part of that organization. Um, You know, if I end up as a Steeler, I want to, I already know guys there, right. Michigan, like Gentry and all those guys. Um, but I just want to soak in as much as I can from those guys and be a part of that culture as quickly as I can. Um, just to kind of build those relationships with those guys and, uh, you know, have another successful year. Um, that'd be crazy. I haven't even thought about if I'm going to get a call or not yet, you know, putting myself in those shoes, but, uh, that would be pretty surreal because I grew up like not many people know that, but I grew up like a Steelers fan. Really? So, like, yeah. My, like I'm from Columbus and like my brother, like the Browns and all that kind of stuff. But I always rivaled my brother. Like my brother's Ohio state fan. I went to Michigan and played at Michigan. <laughs> like oh. He, uh, he likes the Browns. I was like, yeah, I like the Steelers.
2: <laughs> Nothing better than a good sibling rivalry. Yeah.
0: So. Right. So, uh, well,
2: Vol- Well, follow him on Twitter at double underscore BR91. Brad, thank you so much. It's been fun. I had a blast on this one. Thanks for joining us today on the Steelers Fix. Best wishes in the NFL.
0: Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you having me on.
2: There you have it. Michigan punter Brad Robbins. We thank Brad again for coming on the show. It was a blast. All of these draft prospects, we have a great time interviewing. We enjoy every minute of it, Jeremy and I do. Uh, But each player is they you get a little different perspective from them. They all have different backgrounds. They come from different places in life, and they have different experiences to share. And it's just a great thing, being able to talk to them on a personable level and just have an opportunity to listen to what they have to say and pick their brain a little bit. We thank Brad for coming on. Wish him nothing but the best moving forward. But Zero's fans, it's time to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be breaking down real briefly the kickers, and the punters in this draft and determine whether the Steelers should consider drafting any of them. It is the Steelers fix. We'll be right back right after this.
1: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And
2: welcome back to the second half of the Steelers fix Andrew Wilbar with you going solo today Jeremy again if you did not check out the first half of the show it is under the weather but make sure you do check out that first half we had a great interview with Michigan punter Brad Robbins so make sure you go and check that out but we're going to dive into my kicker and punter rankings I know that's what you all are just dying for when the big board comes out it's the kicker and punter rankings probably not but nonetheless, it, they are important positions to evaluate. I the the amount that these guys are on the field when you're looking at the kickers, you know, team scoring leaders can year in and year out, and then the punters, the ones who determine field position, really more than anything, in a game, it is so vitally important. And let's not you know forget the fact Steelers have even drafted a long snapper before that did not go so well, but the Steelers did uh, seem to find their guy in Christian Kuntz uh, this past year um brought him in um it was able to replace Canada, uh the previous long snapper i don't think the Steelers will be looking there but i will let you know just for the sake of mentioning the name there's one guy who i do believe is worthy of being drafted as a long snapper and that is ucf long snapper and let me let me just look this up again because i want to make sure that i have this correct he's six foot four and 236 pounds Long snapper Alex Ward from UCF. It's it's very difficult to evaluate long snappers, and there's but there's not that many for one. But I will tell you this: his release time is very quick. It's very clean. Very rarely, I'm not get, I'm not gonna lie. I've not gone through every UCF game and watched every snap. But from what I have seen of Alex Ward, there is nothing. I have not seen anything negative about his game you know you're just making sure that he gets rid of the ball cleanly quickly doesn't make any mental mistakes with that ball at the you know if you're going if there is a team that wants a long snapper this year I believe that Alex Ward is the only one who's worthy of being drafted um I don't think the Steelers are going to be looking there I'm just going to keep it at that because I do want to get into some of these kickers and punters because it's really interesting this year the kicker class is not that strong. When you're just looking from terms of accuracy to leg strength, I don't think it is that great overall. We're going to go for the kickers first because I do believe this is a good punter class. There are a good five, six guys that I believe are worthy of being drafted. A kicker, I think there's only one that for, should for sure be drafted. And that is Jake Moody from Michigan, which Brad Robbins talked about some in the interview. The man is so consistent. He's dependable. Uh, and his leg has gotten stronger during his time at Michigan. I remember early years of Jake Moody at Michigan. Quinn Nordine was also there. And I was more the Nordine fan. Even though he was more inconsistent, I just loved the fact that he had, you know, this leg that could kick, you know, forever. I mean, he literally had a limitless, you know, range, which I loved. But Jake Moody continuously worked and worked and worked. And each year became more and more consistent and improved his leg strength. And we saw that even in the couch playoff semifinals when he hit that incredible field goal. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough to put the Michigan over the top at the end. But one of the most consistent kickers in the game, he rarely misses from inside 40. Uh, and he is, like I said, improving that leg strength, being able to kick past 50, past even 55, depending on the weather conditions. You know, Jake Moody is a guy who I believe is going to be a really good NFL kicker. After that, I just, they're kind of all clumped together. My number two guy is Chad Ryland from Maryland. My one concern though, is he did have one slump during uh, the middle of the year. He had four straight games in a row where he had a missed field goal. Outside of that though, was flawless throughout the year. Uh, Senior bowl week was a little up and down um, though. He did well in the actual game itself, uh, but practices for both him and Pethlesny were really not that great. Uh, but a guy to keep an eye on a guy who's got decent range. But again, with a lot of these college kickers, let's not forget the fact that, you know, as they get into the NFL, just like other positions, when we talk about, you know, strength and conditioning, it's just the same for these kickers. You know, they're not always some, and some of it is just coaching as well. You know, we think, you know, well, this guy's longest field goal in college is 51 yards. So, you know, he must not have, you know, this leg that can kick, you know, 55 plus, not necessarily in college most of the time coaches are a little bit more hesitant to attempt those long field goals than they are in the NFL. So it could be they're capable of making them. They just, the coaches are not choosing to go that route in the game, but Chad Ryland, another guy to keep an eye on a couple guys. You are probably familiar with Jack Pelesny from Georgia. He's been around BT Potter. Same thing has had a little, his share of ups and downs, but uh, he is again, one of those guys that in, I wouldn't say he has the greatest range in this class, but I will say if you want something inside the 40-yard line, he's going to nail it. And really, at this point, you want something that you can count on, especially when you get to you know undrafted free agency. I wouldn't spend a draft pick on any of these guys, probably outside Moody and maybe Chad Ryland. The rest of these guys are undrafted guys. But Harrison Mavis, another guy, maybe you remember Andrew Mavis, this guy, Harrison Mavis, um, he's got a leg. But inconsistency is the issue, and it's not like when you – his misses are all the same direction either. Uh, Christopher Dunn, the other kicker, noteworthy kicker from NC State, I believe uh, he was, he's, and let me look this up because I believe he was at one point NC State scoring leader. If I remember correctly, I'm going to look this up on his bio. Uh, Yes, he was the NC State's career scoring leader, 377 career points. His numbers overall were not incredible. When you're looking at his overall body of work, um this past season, he had his longest was fifty-three yards, not bad. Um, and he made he only missed one attempt. Uh this past year was not quite as bad as past, but when you're going into previous years, um it that's where it really gets difficult to evaluate as a, you know, a kicker. Cause you know, like we mentioned with Jake Moody, a guy who has continuously improved each and every year. So, you know, we have to remain consistent, you know, when we're looking at, you know, guys like Christopher Dunn, guys who didn't, you know, they weren't attempting long field goals for one and two that, you know, they, they would have a slump game here and there, it's just like, you know, what, what is going on? But overall, I would say you have one for sure draft worthy kicker and Jake Moody, And then you have Chad Ryland, who will probably end up getting drafted just because of the amount of teams that are looking for kickers. There's a decent amount of kicker turnover in the NFL. We see that year in and year out. But I don't think it's a great kicker class overall. The punters, on the other hand, I like this class. We've had a couple good punter classes in a row, but I I do like this one. I have kind of two, two tiers. I have four guys that I believe are better than like seventh round draft picks these are guys that could honestly go sixth round or even higher not saying i would necessarily but i think these are guys that are worthy of being drafted that high and we know there are teams need a punter are the steelers one of them i honestly i feel like the steelers issue is more danny smith you know preaching hang time over distance and i don't think that's the philosophy that is working with the steelers unless there's something you know out. On the other parts of the special teams. Maybe it's, you know, they aren't confident the gunners can get down there fast enough. Whatever it is, I do not like the philosophy Danny Smith has teaching hang time over distance. When the Steelers are, when the Steelers punters have just been booting it in the preseason, we keep every year we see great Steelers performances by the punters in the preseason. Why? They are, I mean, I'm not saying that Danny Smith isn't having an impact on, but it's like they're just freely kicking it however they want. And we see these guys blasting it in the preseason. I feel as if Danny Smith is preaching hang time so much, and that's kind of gotten to Presley Harvin's head because he's not a hang time punter. He is a distance punter. So I don't believe Presley Harvin is completely washed up. I do believe that a philosophical change needs to happen on the Steelers in terms of punting. But looking at punters, if the Steelers do decide to go a different direction and just move on from Presley Harvin, Bryce Behringer from Michigan State, man, I tell you what, a guy who's average, you know, in that 48, 49 yard range average. The past two seasons, he has been on absolute tear. This past season was incredible. Six foot three, 215 pounds. You know, he's not, you know, just this little tiny guy, but going down the stretch, Penn State crucial game had five punts, averaged 54 yards per punt um, at Illinois, nearly 50 yards per punt. His only kind of meh game really throughout the entire season was Michigan when he averaged 39 yards, 39.75 yards. And through four punts. You know, Ohio State, big game, 48 punts. He is a big game puncher, guy who's gonna come through when you need it the most. Love Baringer, most noted for his glasses and stash. If you are not familiar with him, go and check him out because he is a fun guy to watch. And then of course Brad Robbins, who we just talked to. Absolutely love him. These guys, I wouldn't put one above the other, really. They're just kind of all in the same tier. And, you know, when I get to my final big board rankings, I'm just going to have them probably all clumped together in the same range because I really don't have, a you know, one grade that's clearly above the rest. If I It would either be Robbins or Baringer for me. The two Michigan guys, Michigan State and Michigan. After that, another guy I really do like is Adam Corsak. He's from Melbourne, Australia. Guy, he's got a leg. He's had he, – he'll have a flop every now and then, you know, and I – has me a little bit concerned with some of these Australian punters because Steelers have you know had their Australian punters before who are not always the most consistent. We won't mention any names. You all know who we're talking about. Nonetheless, Adam Corsack is a guy to pay attention to. He had a long, I, I believe, back in his freshman year. He had a seventy-nine yard punt at a seventy-seven yarder this past year. Averaged forty-four yards per punt. His best season was in twenty twenty-one when he averaged over forty-five yards a punt. Um, a guy who is going to bring some hang time as well. You know, he, he will have a long one occasionally, but the biggest thing is consistency with him. Um, he has improved. Uh, 2019 was his worst year. He had several really. Uh, let's just say shanked punts. Uh, I, he has lessened that amount as the years have gone on. Of course, 2020 was a condensed season. 21, 21 2022 though, become one of the mo- more consistent punters in uh the ncaa and most definitely the big 10 ethan evans from Wingate is another guy um, a guy that most people are not familiar with but a guy who is again consistent a guy who most people are familiar with is michael turk a guy from arizona state entered the draft went undrafted went back in 2021 after he went undrafted went back to arizona state then transferred to oklahoma but a guy who has a very powerful leg but you know what do you even think of him at this point? This is, this is like third draft process. And it's like, you know, what do you expect at this point? You know, what's going to happen with Michael Turk? A lot of question marks surrounding him. And, you know, you know, does he even have any extra eligibility left where he could even return at this point again? Um, I just have questions as to, you know, why he wasn't drafted that first year. Cause he was one of the, he was, I thought he was for sure going to be drafted his numbers, his consistency, Everything lined up, you know, to be like, you know, this guy has a chance to be a star punter in the NFL, but went undrafted and then decides to return to school instead of just, you know, signing somewhere undrafted. Not totally sure why, but uh, I will tell you that Michael Turk is a guy who has a leg. Keep an eye on him. And then Joe Doyle is the other guy. We're going to close up with that. So long story short, if the Steelers want a punter, Bryce Beringer, Brad Robbins, Adam Corsack and potentially Ethan Evans. Those are the four guys to really keep an eye on. But I do like this punter class. Should the Steelers draft a punter or not? You let us know. Follow Jeremy and reach out to him on Twitter at TheBets93. Reach out to me and follow me at Andrew underscore Wilbar on Twitter. And if you ever have any draft questions, be sure to reach out to us, and we would love to answer them for you. That's going to do it all for this week. Be sure to check out next week when we're breaking down mock drafts, analyzing draft prospects, and much, much more. This has been the Steelers Fix. We'll see you next week.